Well, I am imagining that your week has been much like mine. I, um, it's almost as if I suffer from the intense closeness of my family. It's a, like a family vacation at my house, but without the fun, without seeing fun new things. And I am uh, cut off from people who uh, normally bring God's inspiration to me. And um, all of this has been offered to me with a blanket of fear. And so it's been quite a week. And I thought that I would turn to one of my favorite spiritual directors, an author that I like named Macrina Whitaker. Macrina Whitaker is a monastic. She's a sister. She lives in a Benedictine community in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And she's been sheltering in place for over 50 years, and so I thought she might have a word or two for me, something to teach me. She teaches that in the Gospels, Jesus often uses the things in nature as teaching tools, things like water, salt, light, fig trees, birds, sheep, seeds, wildflowers, rocks, and vines, and branches. It's true. Whitaker wrote, learn lessons from these, listen to their wordless sermons. And while I'm really glad that you're online and worshiping with me right now, I want to encourage you this week to seek out wordless sermons. Go for a walk, sit on a porch, stare out a window. There are valuable lessons to be learned from creation, and now is a really good time to receive them. All of our sermons during Lent have been structured around Jesus' I am sayings, and those I am sayings are combinations of the book of nature and the book of Scripture. In the Gospel of John, Jesus points to something in creation, and he says this, pay attention to this. It will teach you about me. This week, the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. The vine is above all else. Above all else, it's an image of relationship and connectedness. Each individual is rooted in Jesus as the source of life and the branches are held together by the vine. The branches are basically indistinguishable from one another. They are all branches, very similar. And this is a very different picture of Christian community from the one that Paul described to the Corinthians, the body of Christ, where each of us have a unique gift and a unique role. Their hands and feet, their ears and eyes. John instead draws our attention to the vine On a vine, no one is privileged. There is no status. There is no rank. There are no unique roles. Branches are branches. Now, there could be some fruit. Some branches bloom and bear fruit, but this has nothing to do with how hard the branch tries or where the branch is located. Who blooms and who doesn't? It's all up to the gardener. The gardener prunes and the gardener shapes. The only job the branch has is to stay connected to the vine, 
Stay connected to the vine. An individual, freestanding, independent branch isn't good for much. Just a brush fire. Connection is the key. What an intense week. This week, I think more than any other week, I am aware of who I'm connected to and how we are connected. In all my 50 years, this is the first time that I've mentally measured the distance between me and another person. Is it three feet? Is it six feet? Is it enough feet? My ears have perked up to people clearing their throats and sneezing out oak pollen, and my hands are cleaner than they've ever been. These are important things, don't get me wrong. All to keep me and you healthy because we are connected. Dr. Asaf Bitten is a primary care physician and a public health leader in Boston, Massachusetts. Dr. Bitten outlined this week the best social distancing practices. So even if you don't know his name, you're probably playing by his rules right now. He said in an interview, social distancing is hard because we are social. We are social creatures who connect with each other. One of the ways that we will know if we are meeting this crisis head on is whether we can sustain this very unnatural physical separateness. What we've done this week, it doesn't come easy. It is not natural. So if you, like me, have had a hard week, give yourself a pat on the back. This is tough stuff. And the challenge that is in front of us is sustaining this awkward physical distance from one another and at the same time finding ways to care for each other, finding ways to connect with one another. When Jesus talks about the vine... This is not a new and surprising image to his disciples. The vine is a long-standing image of Israel. Ryan read to us from Psalm 80, God of the angel armies, you brought a young vine out of Egypt. Turn our way and attend to this vine when we pray this psalm, we pray, Lord, we are the vine, and we are in need of your care. The prophets Isaiah and Ezekiel also spoke about Israel as a vine, describing both the promise and the vulnerability of God's people. When Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches you know, I imagine that the disciples breathed a sigh of relief because Jesus is essentially saying, I've got this. The God of angel armies is tending to you through me. And you and I get to breathe a sigh of relief as well. One of the things that Scholars who study the Gospel of John agree on is that these words in chapter 15 are spoken directly to the disciples, but they are also spoken 
to you and to me too, because these are words, they're part of a section of scripture that's referred to as the farewell discourse. Jesus has washed his disciples' feet and he's anticipating the cross. He's telling them the most important things that he wants them to remember. But the kicker is, the kicker is that these words are spoken with such assurance, such strength that they reflect the result of the cross. They reflect the victory of the cross. Through his sacrificial love, Jesus conquers sin and death, and it's this sacrificial love that is the vine. It's this sacrificial love that provides life. In the video that we watched earlier, pastor and author Brian Zahn said, He's betting on the simple idea that God is love. That in the first letter to John in the New Testament, twice John says God is love. And he believes our call is then to orient our lives toward this love. I agree. And I want you to hear very clearly this morning, the vine that we are to stay connected to is love. The vine is love. As the passage in chapter 15 of John progresses, John writes more and more about love. These words, as the Father has loved me, so I love you. Then he writes, remain in my love. And again, he says, remain in my love. And a third time, remain in my love. Love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Well, Jesus didn't give the first farewell discourse in the Bible. Both Joshua and King David gave a farewell discourse. Some say that the entire book of Deuteronomy is Moses' farewell. But most interesting to me is Jacob's farewell discourse. Jacob, who's also known as Israel, says to Joseph, his very favorite son in his farewell, Joseph, you are, you are a fruitful vine, even a fruitful vine by a well, whose branches run over the wall. Jesus is claiming this promise. A fruitful vine. And when we root ourselves, our lives, in his sacrificial love, and we love other people as he has loved us, how far does love go? It goes all the way. When we root our lives in this all the way love, this sacrificial love, the vine takes over. The vine goes over the wall. I took... Sister Macrina's advice this week, I looked in my backyard for a wordless sermon. And here's what I found. I found a vine, a trumpet vine, climbing the wall of my back fence. It can happen. This sacrificial love can take over. And this is the love that holds you and holds me securely. It's a safe place for us. One last thing. 
I did a little reading this week on Julian of Norwich. Julian is the saint who wrote, All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Julian's probably not her name. It was the name of her church. But this woman who's referred to as Julian of Norwich was the first woman to write in the vernacular English. She lived 650 years ago in a cell that was built, that was attached to her church. She was an anchoress, and she had three windows on her cell. One window she could see into the church where they were worshiping. One window she could see into the garden. And the third window she could see into the streets of her town. 14th century life in England was difficult at best. The Black Death swept through her town three different times. Bad weather killed the crops of her town. There were peasant revolts that she witnessed. The Hundred Years' War was happening during her lifetime. While she sat in that cell, at one time, three different men all claimed to be the true pope. And John Wycliffe died a fiery death, the fiery death of a heretic just a half a mile away from her cell. And yet what we remember about Julian is how strongly she proclaimed the assurance of God's love. Author Karen Wright Marsh says about Julian, Julian looks to God's glorious resurrection proof of the goodness of God. Love's vulnerability is finally stronger than sin's power to kill. Jesus' truth is the truth of love's vulnerability, and that's all she and we can and should know. Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Remain in this love. Amen.